This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Closing up a series of coaching calls that we've been having on the podcast with 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing Students. It's been a lot of fun, and today's episode is a great one because I know that you're going to relate to every single one of these questions that uh, Brent Arnold from American Fork, Utah has today. This is a great show. Questions like, how do I know whether to move on to the next thing or not? How do I know if I've gotten down good enough, if I've mastered it or not? And stuff like, you know, how do I go into jam sessions and gigs and not let my ego take over me, not get scared, not get frustrated, not, you know, worry about what other people think about me. I mean, so many things that we talk about in this show that I know you're going to love. We're going to dig right into all of that But first, let's cue the music. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up? Brent here. I'm the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Like I said, awesome, awesome, awesome episode today. Awesome guest. It's Brent Arnold from Utah. He's a trombone player. I think that he gives Brent's a good name, so I'm happy to be in the same uh, club as him. And he asks a lot of awesome questions today. Now, this is a coaching call, uh, you know, kind of around my course, 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing. Although Brent is really in uh, all of my courses, he's a huge LJS fan and a big big thanks to him for uh, being such a supporter. I really do appreciate him and that he's willing to share this coaching call with all of you today because I know that there are so many things that we cover that, man, I I could relate to them. And so I know that you will too. So this is going to be really great. Make sure you subscribe to the show. We have some great shows coming up to finish off 2018. Can you believe it? It is December of 2018 where did the year go and we have we've come up with so much great content this year so you know if you uh finish this podcast episode then you know there's plenty more where that came from but today's episode is a little bit longer we go over a lot of different things and so uh you know it's gonna be a little it's, it's gonna be a ride for you so go ahead get that popcorn ready Go find your favorite beverage, sit down, or if you're stuck in rush hour traffic, you are in good hands today. Let's not waste any more time, though. Let's get on the show, Brent Arnold. All right, welcoming on the show is uh, 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing uh, course student Brent Arnold from American Fork. Utah. Uh, Brent, I am so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So uh, you are you, you're someone who is heavily involved in the Learn Jazz Standards community. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before this uh, we started recording here that uh, you, I mean, you've, you've bought all of my books and courses. And I just want to say, first of all, publicly, thank you for that. I really, really, really appreciate. And I, I don't often get to, uh, you know, thank 
uh, people in person when they do when they when they buy my courses and, and books. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I hope they've all been helpful for you. I think a great place to start uh, is just to get to know who you are. So uh, what does Brent Arnold do? Uh, you know what's uh, what's the the basics of uh, what keeps you uh, going and living? Sure. So I'm right now. My day job is I'm a programmer. I write apps for the iPhone and Android devices. And so I work remote, which is nice. It lets me uh, walk down to my basement, and uh, I have a lot of meetings during the day. I have I studied music in college, and so I actually have a trombone performance degree, which, of course, um, when someone says, hey, what did you get your degree in? Uh, you know, it's a great conversation because people say, well, what do you do with that? And so, um, but as you know, as a musician, you have a lot of opportunities. And so I... Um, I was teaching private lessons for a time, and I was playing in some bands. We did a lot, uh, a lot of wedding bands around here. Mm. There's a lot of opportunity for that. Um, played in a lot of conventions, business events, and so for about ten years, I was I considered myself a professional musician. Um, and then I, you know, life catches up to you. Um, I was married, and we had a, a child. We were expecting our second child, and then, you know, things kind of add up when it comes to how do you support your family. Mm-hmm. And um, so I made the decision to kind of switch gears and, and went into programming. And so it's been a good uh, thing for us, mainly because I can, I can continue to do music, but it's something that I don't have to, um, you know, it's not a desperation to, to be successful in music. It's more of a hobby. And so I've enjoyed that. Um, Right now, I play in a band. Uh, it's a show band. We do jazz and rock, and it's a it's a full big band, and so it's a good outlet for me. Uh, I'm working on my improv chops. You know, I found your uh, site about two years ago, and I've just been hooked on it. I've really appreciated the the way that you're teaching and the way that you've um, shared the content. So it's been a good experience. And so now I'm just I'm just working on my personal goals for uh improvisation and you know it's something that i enjoy doing on the side that's awesome yeah and yeah definitely the music thing it's 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 uh it's not easy for sure and you know it's it's interesting you would know because you were a professional musician before is uh that yeah when when anything becomes a job you know uh there's something that gets lost in there right i mean so uh, it's great that uh that yet now you're you're just doing it you know, completely for pleasure, which is super awesome. Now, let, let's dig back a little further too, though. I'm a little bit curious. So, you did say that you know that's a conversation starter to be a trombone player, getting a, deg- a degree in trombone. So, what was it uh, like? Let's dig back a little earlier. What was it about the trombone that uh, you know got you excited? Well, you know, and you start in elementary school, junior high, high school, mm-hmm. um, and I was successful. I, I was I was doing well. I had a good time with that. Um, and then, really, for me, the trombone was just, you know, it's a, it's a low brass instrument. It's a vocal-sounding instrument. Um, when I listen to a lot of jazz, you know, you listen to a lot of Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, a lot of the singers, and you, you know, there's this connection that you hear with the music. You feel that through the words that are sung. And the trombone, for me, was just, I just loved the sound. And so, I... I had good success in the beginning. You know, I, I, my parents supported me. We got some music lessons. Um, and then what really kept the momentum was I, 
I got started lessons with the professor at the local college. And so when I did that, then all of a sudden I had an in at the school. In fact, while I was a high school student, um, I played in kind of their third tier uh, jazz band at the university. And so I started to get experiences early on that really kind of solidified, you know, music for me. And so when I went to college, having this connection, having taking lessons, you know, it was something that it was a, it was a no brainer for me because I wanted to continue with music and, and it's something that I really enjoyed. Yeah. You now is jazz, jazz like ha- the, the genre specifically, you know, cause I'm, I know that you like a lot of other kinds of music too, but like the genre of jazz specifically, was that like a natural thing? Like you were learning trombone and because that's a horn instrument, there was uh, lots to be found, uh, you know, to play music within that instrument. Is that how it came about? Or is it another way? I think that was a big part of it. Our high school had a jazz band. Uh, we did early morning before school. So it was a little of a sacrifice, but you know, there, there was definitely a tradition um, we have some really strong uh, players and teachers at the university in our area. And so there's a tradition of high schools with good jazz bands. So to, for me, that was really a big part of it. I think the community having, you know, when we would go to, to Allstate for high school, you had a lot of good bands. And so, and then we also bring in, they would bring in musicians uh, from across the country to the university. So that was a big draw. I think that had a big impact on, you know, meeting people. Um, if you've heard of Airmen of Note, the I have, I have not. U.S. So the U.S. Air Force band, they're called the Airmen of Note. Okay, and they're the top big band for you know military bands. Every uh, unit, every division has a, a military band. Right, and there are top bands that are out there. When I was in college, a lot of my friends were were actually going into the military so they could play in these big top bands oh wow okay and so anyway the airmen of note um they're just unbelievable they they had a there's a trombone player there and i i don't know if he's still with the group anyway the airmen of note came through the university and and you know when you go to a master class as a young student when you're in high school and you hear someone on your instrument and they're just blowing you away with sound and and speed and and you know just the amazing ability then that's that that I think gets your attention. And so there are a lot of good experiences like that. Yeah, that that's always what I find the story of of people that really end up taking music seriously like yourself is is you're just surrounded by all these different experiences and you end up, you know, seeing these amazing musicians play and then that leads from one thing to the other and then I mean, that's how the story was for me. So, oh, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing your story, Brent. I mean, this is um you know, I think story is really important, you know, and I, for, for example, just talking to you, I, I didn't know you before the personally anyways, before this call and just how to know, oh, we're, you know, you're, you were a professional musician and now you're in this just a, as a hobby, this is fun for you. I mean, you're really taking that original joy that you had when you first picked up that trombone and started playing your high school band and now you're just continuing on. And that's such a important thing for me to know. And I think a lot of others listening can relate to you for sure as well. Um, so, you know, with all that in mind, it, I, I want to answer any questions that you might have that I can answer about where you are right now. It could be about some of the courses that you're in. It could be about anything jazz related that you think I can help you with. I mean, I'm here to help you, serve you in any way I can for you know the next 20 minutes or so. So uh, fire away. Sure. So uh, you know, as I mentioned, I I found your site and then I got really 
excited about your new course. This was uh, back when you had originally released the 30 Days to mm-hmm. Better Jazz Playing. And so I got in on the ground floor of that. And so that was a really good experience. Um, and when you came out with the new version of the 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing, um, you I, I saw where you had improved kind of the way you're presenting mm-hmm. the material. You know, in the beginning, I think part of the challenge was there was so many, there were there was a lot of material to cover. Yes. And some of the things were, um, you know, as a, because I had a degree in music, I was used to studying scales and scale patterns. So that, to me, was, you know, I can do that. That's not a problem. But I was finding that, okay, there's other things I need to practice, you know, practicing a lick in all 12 keys. That's not something I have been doing enough of. So the question, I guess, is, what are your thoughts on when you're going through material, do you feel like we should just hash through everything or do you feel like we can, you know, focus on just what you need and if you already know the other material, you don't worry about it? Yeah, everybody, everybody's experience is different. That's definitely one of the struggles when you're, uh, you know, you have a course that's really available for a lot of different uh you know, a lot of different people is, uh, you know, the, there are people at different levels. And so you're saying that, you know, the technical exercises, that stuff, you know, stuff you've been doing a lot. I hear from other people that they're impossible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, sure. it's, it's a no, wide range of things. Um, this is what I will say with this is for me personally, just speaking as a musician, for me personally, I always benefit from even if something is easy like that, uh, especially I do mention this in the course as well, is that some of these technical exercises they're not really meant to be a big part of your practice session. They're not meant to take up too much of yeah. your time. Um, one thing that I've found, and, and you can confirm if you think this is your experience too, is you know to be constantly reminded of certain things is really helpful, right? Just to, you know, you might have done a pattern a million times, but just to say, you know, I'm going to spend a couple minutes, you know, you're really good at them, right? So a couple minutes, just, you know, really quickly going over that. It's the first thing I'm going to do, going to get my fingers warmed up, going to get my mind connected with my instrument really quick. I think that's a really valuable thing. So with that being said, I wouldn't say in the context of this course, you know, that you should necessarily blow, you know, skip them. I think you should go through them and work through them. Um, But that being said, don't spend much time on them because obviously, you know, where those those licks are what you're saying, you know, I need to spend more time working on taking these licks through all 12 keys. That's obviously where you want to be spending most of your time. And and for those listening too, as well, you know, outside of the course, what, what are the things that are giving you the hardest time and what are the things that are easiest for you? Um, And one thing that you know, Brent, is that in the 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course, I like to separate things into uh, technique, jazz repertoire, and, and jazz language. Those are what I call the big three things that I just think that if everybody's doing a little bit of that uh, throughout their practice sessions, like that's just going to keep building a better and better musician, especially when it comes to jazz. So, you know, think about what areas of those are are, are difficult for you, and in which ones are and which ones are easy for you. So, you know, yeah, don't don't spend overly too much time on 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 those things if you don't need to. You know, I think you know yourself as a musician, so you know, do what you need yeah. to do. So, does that answer your question, sort of? Yeah, and you know, that brings up a good point. Um, you may not even remember what you should practice in the sense that, like, if I go through those exercises and I have done those patterns. But as you do them in different keys, you know, then you realize, oh, yeah, I, I'm not really good in, you know, D flat or oh, thanks for bringing D that flat up. or, you know, that to me, I think that's kind of what what I've realized, too, is that I I 
I feel like I know the pattern and you think, oh, and you get lost in the, oh, it's a repetitive thing. But then you realize, oh, you know what? Actually, I don't know it that well in these keys. And that's probably, oh, that is because that point. reminded me of that. That's a great point. Yeah, that's that's a great point. You can always actually take something that maybe you think is simple and uh, right. Actually, I'm thinking of an exercise specifically that I always tend to warm up on. And for whatever reason, you know, I, I try to keep it easy just to get warmed up. And it's it's an I do it in concert A flat. Um, but, you know, if I think about doing it in a different key, I'm so used to doing it in A flat. Oh, it'd be a little bit difficult, more difficult. So, you know, there's always there's always a way to to challenge yourself, especially when it comes to those different keys, right? That's yeah. I, I preach that so much because I just think that gives you so much flexibility. The more uh, flexibility you have to just play in any key, like, I mean, when it comes to improvising, when it comes to learning tunes, when it comes to, uh, you know, all this stuff that's required of you when you're trying to be a jazz improviser, all that becomes so much easier. So thank you so much for mentioning that because absolutely you could try maybe some keys that are like, what's a, what's a key that's difficult in trombone, but that would be a little more, more uh, com- complicated. For uh, I mean, typically G flat or B, um, mm. some of those, you know, it's just not as common. We're not playing a lot. All the, the repertoire for music in general, you know, you're the big band stuff. We're not doing a lot of the multi, you know, multiple flats or multiple yeah. sharps. Yeah. Okay, great. So, hmm, that's interesting. So you could, you could choose to be like, all right, well, this, this is easy for me, but I want to make it more complicated. Or you could choose, no, I really need to work on these licks yeah. a little better. And so we'll, you know, we'll just make that easy. And this is going to be my harder thing on the table to work on. Right. So there, I guess there's some different choices you can make there. Um, but yeah, that's good. Thanks for bringing up the key thing. Cause that's, that's definitely a big thing. You can always make yeah. things more challenging. Actually, uh, there's a great, episode i'm looking it up right now so i can uh tell you the exact one there's a great episode of the podcast uh that i did a while back uh i had um a friend of mine diego maldonado on the show and he 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 basically talks about how you can practice in such a way that uh i mean i think we came up with some sexy title like fail proof you know for fail proof uh, performances um but he practices in this in, this insane way where I think he was telling a story about how his teacher would have, he's a drummer, so he would have him doing ride patterns and, and stuff like this and certain beats and different time signatures, but have him recite like things on a newspaper at the same time. Like that was the oh, most wow. extreme yeah. example. That was like the most, uh, you know, out of bounds example. But he was going through all kinds of other things that were really valuable to take even basic things and make them, you know, just a little bit. Uh, more difficult. That was episode 120, how to practice towards fail-proof musical performances. So uh, learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 120 for those listening who uh, might want to check that out. So, okay. Does that does that kind of answer your question there, uh, Brent? I yeah. know that we went a couple different ways there. Sure. No, that was good. That's really good. Um, you know, the thing that I have learned, some of the things that, and you, I see this, of course, with guitar players or other yeah. um you know, piano and things where you, you deal with patterns and you deal Mm -hmm. with, you know, when you go through different keys, you're just moving the pattern up and you're, you know, you're doing a similar pattern, but in a different position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the trombone and I think about other brass instruments, uh, because I force myself and, and that's part of the challenge is, you know, you have to force yourself to go through those hard pieces, the hard things that you, you're not good at. Um, and so going through all 12 keys, it starts, it starts slowly. And this is what I've learned so far, having gone through your course and, and working on it is 
you start to see the pattern in your mind and you start to hear the pattern. Mm. And so, for example, um, I saw your podcast the other day. You were doing the blues challenge and you said, you know, blues in all 12 keys. Mm. And oh, so, yeah, I think it was a YouTube video I did, right? Yeah, that's right. And so I, I took that challenge and I put my little band in a box and I put it in, you know, I did the in all 12 keys and I. And I realized that, first of all, I got through three or four keys, and then I got to the fifth or sixth key and realized, okay, I got to oh, stop. Oh, it's hard, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. And so uh, I wasn't uh, brave enough to record my uh, attempt at the challenge. But what I've realized, and it applies to all the different uh, patterns, you you hear, so like, you, like I have certain licks that I play in a, a blues lick that I'll play. And um, so... Like on the five chord, it, it I I end up playing these same licks. Well, I realize that I hear it in my head when I'm in the different key, and like, oh, here, this is where I play that. Mm-hmm. This is where I play this part. And so it's slowly. I feel like I'm slowly starting to see this evolve. Where, okay, I can play. I can use what I've learned in the in the keys that I can do well, and now I'm going to p- apply it into this new key. And I realize, okay, well, I. On the one hand, I may only have five or six blues licks that I use all the time. And if I, you know, because if you get lost or you catch up to where you're at, then you, you kind of, you play what you know. And and now it's starting to become, I'm playing what I know in a new key. And to me that, I've never really had that experience before because that that's what was scary at first was like, I don't know where I'm at. I can't hear, you know, I feel like I know the blues or I feel like I know the changes, but I'm in a different key and it is not comfortable. And so it's starting to, I'm starting to latch on and like, okay, wait, here, here I am. Here's that lick that I, I play. And now it's starting to make sense. And so it, it's slow is the yes. thing. And, and, and that's, that's where, you know, we, the, the world in, we, in which we live, we want everything now and I want to be better yeah. now. And so, uh, but I feel like that's kind of, I got to re- remember that. It's okay that it takes time. And so I think that's one of the things that I've learned, especially as, as I force myself to kind of go through those patterns and, and licks in all 12 keys. Yeah, yeah. M- music is something that you have to be so patient. It's really like you have to have your head in the long game for sure. And, and that's why it's also important, I mean, for me anyways, to kind of program my thinking just to like enjoy, you know, where I'm at, like just be, you know, of course, always pushing yourself forward, but have also a sense of being content, Um, you know, enjoy what you're playing, you know, you don't have to hate what you're playing all the time. And I think sometimes we just default to that. And you know, that can be a drag. Um, But the blues and all 12 keys challenge is a great challenge. It's not an easy challenge, you know, but it's a great challenge because the blues is especially as far as jazz harmony goes like it really at least a jazz blues it really covers like pretty much all the main harmonic elements that are going to come up in in a jazz in jazz standards or really most jazz situations so if you're able to navigate those um you know through all 12 keys it's that's a that's a really great thing um another thing to touch on what you said there was you know there there's different technical limitations to different instruments you know for trombone there's certain things that are hard and you know for you this you know changing things in different keys is is difficult um i do and and guitar players listening will will resonate with this is i get emails from guitar players sometimes that say oh should i uh, practice this lick in multiple different positions on my fretboard because you know th- there's 
you know, four or five, you know, there's multiple different ways to play one different thing. And and the answer to that would be yes. You know, you don't want to just rely on a particular shape. Ultimately, you want to be able to play in a bunch of different ways. Um, so every single instrument has its challenges. So I'm glad that you recognize that um, uh, and are owning that and, and working on that. So uh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Did, did we did we answer? Did we talk that out there a little bit? Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, it's and you know part of um, some of these questions that I had when we were uh, preparing for this um, kind of goes back to the question of how long do you work on something mm. until you got it and and because it's it's one thing to say oh I, I can play this I can play this lick or I can do this in all twelve keys even um, I guess the question is how long see the frustration kicks in you know when you're yes. if you're if you're if you're beating on something and you and it's not you're you're not feeling like you're making progress then you get a little frustrated and so just kind of we go from you know the each step and each um week you know each section has a certain amount of material and so what are your thoughts on when someone moves on, you know, if we just say, okay, I'm, I think I've got this now, I'm going to move on. Yeah. This is a question I get a lot, actually. I answer this question a lot. Um, so can you think of an example specifically of something that like recently, like you felt stuck on or just unsure, like a specific element you were working on, like whether you should move on or not? Well, um, so I've been working on, it's the question, like I have, I've chosen, so I've got my little goal sheet for the uh, licks that I want to take through all 12 keys. And so I've been working on the blues. Uh, option number two has been the one that I've focused mm-hmm. on. Um, but the the challenge is I still have these others, you know, because I kind of chose, what is it, path two, mm-hmm. where I go through all four. Anyway, um, I'm not making progress on the other licks that I need to do in 12 keys. And so it's I find that, I, I guess the question is how how do we know when we're when we're feeling like we're done with one item and and move on to the next? Because I feel like I guess that's part of this course mentality. You know, when you you sign up for a course and you want to take it, you want to feel like you're making progress. Yes. And and the question is, you know, well, how much progress is enough? <laughs> well, let's let's go let's yeah. let's go back with that. Let's go back to what the goals were. So the goals were. Uh, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the course, the the the, the course, uh, and this is something that you could do outside of the course. But you, you set goals of you, you know certain things you want to do. You set goals at the end of this of what you want to accomplish. And so, um, I believe for for path two, right, you're going to take two licks through all twelve keys. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? So for each module, uh, you're taking six keys each, right? Yeah. So technically, there's only two licks that you're trying to take through all 12 keys if you've picked path two if you picked path one that you'd be four of them right yeah, so so is it that you don't feel like you're you're getting think, those Go yeah i think what it is um i think what it is is i'm finding that i'm i i can get through path one or path two of certain goals in certain modules but then it, and so in other words uh, it's it's staying on that one path the entire time oh i got you you it, feel it, like some part of it Oh, okay, okay. I would suggest, as far as this course, to answer this side, the more logistical side of your question as pertains to the course we're talking about, I would say, I would say, you know, try to 
stick with one path just because it could get confusing mm-hmm. for you because that way, you know, I, I really scheduled out all of the practice routines so that everything sort of lines up appropriately. So things might get a little bit confusing if you're going back and forth with them. And that would be my yeah. logistical suggestion there. But I, I would also just whatever you whatever you stick to, just be be okay with, okay, if your goal is to, you know, take like two licks through all 12 keys rather than four, you know, be, be content with that, you know, go through each, each, each lesson of the modules and be, you know, this is how much we're going to do, right? That's, that's the whole point of the course is just to really give you bite-sized chunks. So just trust the process, right? Just trust the process. Like, you know, every single step is it's one step. We're going up this, with this ladder and eventually we're going to get to the top, but that's just one floor. Then we're going to the next one. In the particular case of of this course, we have four floors, right? So then we finally get to the top and we've accomplished all of our goals and then we could do it all again if we wanted to or move on to a different set of criteria whatever you want to do um so that's like more the logistical answer to the question um when you're working on something like one of these licks do you ever feel like oh well it's not really good enough and and so i'm not sure if i should move on yet is that a sentiment that you have um sort of i think i think it goes back to because I studied music in school, you know, there's this, you've heard, you read these psychology books about music and how people have to kind of break the, the habits that you were, that you formed as yeah. a musician. And, and it's kind of that mentality, which says you have to do it perfectly. Yeah. Or you have to do it a certain number of times perfectly. So for example, I remember doing, you know, practicing where it was like, I needed to play it through 10 times without making a mistake. And so if you, you know, if you made a mistake in your fifth time, well, you're going to start over. And so then, and so there's this mentality of, well, I have to do it really well. So I look at it right now and I think, well, okay, I played through in all 12 keys slowly and I didn't make a mistake or, or I made, you know, I, I kind of glossed over it. And so then the question becomes, well, did I really learn it? Yeah. Because, you know, I could technically get through it. But, but, but at the same time, if I come back tomorrow or, or two days later and I, and I go to play, I realize no, actually I didn't memorize it completely. I didn't, you know, I, I, I was lucky to get through it that first time. And so I can, I think that's kind of where I'm at is it's that I got to break the old, uh, habits and kind of the, the expression of, you know, getting rid of the old demons of what you had to do in the past and, and how do you apply that today? Because I, I realized that first, what I think is perfect, you know, that you can get kind of stuck. You yeah. Get, you get can. kind of too, too focused on it. You can get, you can get too focused on mastery. And the, the truth is like you're, no one's going to master material. Like no, if you know, if you're learning a, the, the a jazz standard, like let's just say out of nowhere, um, if you're learning that song, no one's going to master that song in a week, maybe not even a year, yeah. or, right? It's just endless, right? Right. So that's, we can get really caught up in mastery um, instead of like incremental progress. So let me ask you this other question. What would be, what would you have to do in order to feel like, you know, you worked on this piece of material and you went on to the next lesson, the next day of practicing uh, or whatever, whenever the next time you, you practiced, what would be that thing that you would have had to do to make you satisfied that what you did before like what would have made you feel good that when you played it again what what, what are you looking for exactly i i think it's when i come back to the material a second time that 
you know, that I feel that I have it under my fingers, that I have it, you know, I, it, it's that I'm not uh, getting lost because you're dealing with a lot of, especially going in all 12 keys, you're dealing with a lot of mental math in your head or, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's, I, for me, the way I work it out is I figure out the, the note name, not the names, but the note positions of the scale, for example, right? So it's a third or a flat third or a fourth or a fifth or whatever. And so the pattern is, you know, three, five, three, one, seven, you know, six. Okay. So you think about it more mathematically. Okay. I'm thinking of it that way because for me, I feel like I know my scales enough that if I'm in the key of E flat, you know, I know what the fifth, sixth, seventh, I know what the scale notes are. So in my head, I'm hearing what, you know, I'm thinking of it as the pattern because what I've had to deal with is I've, you know, I can read music. That's what I've done my whole life is read music. The problem is hearing it and playing what I hear. Ah, so like yes. that's been my goal for, for all the courses that I've gotten from your site has been playing what I hear. And so it was hard. It was really hard to not look. And it's still hard today to when I'm learning a new jazz standard to not look at the chord chart because I want to hear the chords and memorize the chords in that way. Um, because of this, I'm trying to separate the, you know, it's my eyes. I play with my eyes. If I see it, I can play it. Uh, and, and so it goes back to feeling confident in that. So anyway, the, the effect is I end up uh, playing if I feel like I don't have to think as hard when I play it a second time or I don't have to, you know, I don't get lost in, in, in getting through it, then I feel like I know that. I feel like I know the material. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. No, I mean, so not to get too far off topic of your original question, but it's interesting that you, you do think so mathematically that way because so, I, can, I can totally understand that that's the big thing with, with jazz improvisation that's really confusing is that we need to know theory and we need to know all these yeah. things about our instrument like really well. But then at the same time, it's like there's this other side of it where we're not really supposed to be, we're supposed to just be hearing things and just not even thinking about anything at all, which is really difficult. You know, that's, yeah. that's, really, that's a really a big ask. Um, so one thing that I went over with another 30-step student uh, in a, an episode that hasn't come out yet while we're recording this, but it's uh, episode 142 will be out by the time this is uh, this episode comes out. Uh, I he he was talking a little bit about a similar issue of you know you know he, he was talking a lot about well I'm not really you know how do I when I'm thinking about outlining the chord changes or finding the guide tones or the enclosure sometimes I get lost and I'm a, and you know. I want to stick more to the plan. And so we, we talk about that a little bit. And I also gave some exercises um, that might be good for you to check out. We won't go over them on this, on this episode, but I'll uh, maybe after the call, I'll talk to you a little bit more about them. But um, if you listen to that episode, for those listening now, we go over some exercises really where you're composing um, ideas over, for example, a two, five chord progression. And you're, you're just starting on a note and you're only allowed to use you know, quarter notes, four notes per chord and go through and you just try to come up with as many different ideas as you can possibly do. And I also suggested him doing some quote unquote free playing not in the sense of being avant garde or anything, but the idea being that there's no chord changes and you're just trying to create melodies, uh, 
that lead anywhere that you want them to lead. I think some of those exercises are good for some of that changing your mindset a little bit that might be helpful for you. Um, again, I can elaborate a little bit more after we're done recording here, but, um, yeah, I would say as far as going back to the mastering the mastery thing and when to move on, I think it comes down to you know what would you say is a win for the day? Like what what what's something that could you say like I have this key down pretty decent? Like I spent some time with it, and it, you know it may not be perfect, but you know I can always review it a little bit more later on. You know, I think you want to think that way more so than mastery. Like for example, I have another thirty step student who. You know, the the opposite of you, the technical exercises are quite hard for him. And what he has to do is just really, with a metronome, slow it down. You know, and, he, and he's playing through the, the, the exercises pretty slow, but he's doing them. And that's a win for him. And that, then he can move on. And he, and he was asking me, well, Brent, I don't know. I'm playing this very slow. I'm not able to play it fast enough. I'm like, well, but you're making progress, right? So he moves on to the next one. So maybe if you can kind of, you know find an equivalent for you at your, the level you're at for what that means to you. Um, yeah, I know that wasn't, none of this was like a surefire answer, but does some of that help a little bit? Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, the whole conversation has kind of helped remind me that, you know, it is relative. It's, it's, you know, how much time I put into it is how much I get out of it, mm-hmm. but I can still get, I can still get a lot done. And, and I think, um, it goes back to that having fun, you know, for me in my practice, I will, uh, I try, I don't do as well every time, but I try to spend a good amount of time on the difficult part, whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish. And then I always end my session with just jamming, just playing something I know, yes. you know, and so it's like, okay, I'm just going to play the F blues again. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. cause that's where I feel good, comfortable and things like that. Well, it's again, that idea of having fun. And I, I do feel it creeping in. The, the, the things are slowly improving. It's Absolutely, just, they will. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's just that um, we don't, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit or we, you know, we just kind of get stuck in a pattern. And, and, and really, because I have the time, I, I don't have endless amounts of time to play or in practice. Mm-hmm. But my goals right now in life are to play by ear, to play what I hear, and to play you know, in all 12 keys to learn the material in, in, in more than one key. And so those are the things that I've been focusing on. And, you know, I think sometimes we might arbitrarily set a, a deadline for ourselves and then we're putting stress, we're adding stress to our practice sessions because we're like, Oh, I got to get this done because I got to, I got to improve to a certain level. And I, I, I realize that that's, it's unnecessary. You know, I, yeah. don't, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Well, and the great thing about like, I mean, what's cool about your story is that like, so you used to be a professional musician and, you know, and obviously you care a lot about music. That's why you care. That's why, that's why you care about all this stuff. You're asking all these questions. Like you care a lot about it, but you know, the, the truth is, is like you're in your position, especially like, it's not that if you don't learn how to play this song by next week and are able to, you know, play amazing solo over top of it. It's not like, well, you're going to lose your, you're not gonna be able to put bread on the table for your family. That's not the case at all. Right. This is, this is, I mean, music is supposed to be fun, first of all. And, 
you know, that's especially someone in your position, like, you know, that should really be, and even for, and for me too, you know, honestly, like that, this is something that I have to tell myself regularly, you know, this is supposed to be fun. I don't need to be so stressed out about, you know, it's just a process. It's a journey. You know, you work on things that are going to help you improve. You do a little bit of the stuff that just makes you feel good, like playing enough blues. You're great at that. You feel comfortable with that. I mean, that should be a part of it, of all of this, right? Is just having fun with it. Um, and trying to think about the learning process as being fun too. You know, it's not like, ah, crap, you know, I'm not, I'm yeah. not able to play this. Like I wasn't able to integrate this the, the way I wanted it to. I mean, it, all this stuff, like you said, it, it creeps in, it comes in slowly. And it's, it's like, you know, the more you build up the tower, you know, the, the, the bigger it gets, that's just how it works. Um, yeah. Does that, uh, help clarify anything there? Yeah, very much so. Awesome. Anything else? Um, I guess just kind of one of the bigger questions that you kind of touch on this in some of your podcasts and, and YouTube videos, you know, you can play really well at home. You can play, you can have a really good practice session and then you're put in a situation where, you know, like they have some open jam sessions around here and, you know, you go and you're just nervous and you're feeling like, okay, I, I should be able to play this, but then you're, you're just barely getting through it and the confidence isn't there because yeah. you know if i'm pushing myself where like i feel comfortable playing music where i'm reading something and i'm playing in a band or playing in a small group if i'm reading it i i have a lot of experience with that but when it comes to soloing myself and i'm the only one i don't have a lot of experience with that and see that's where I need to, it's, it's getting the practice, the good, uh, experiences in the practice room out in, in a live setting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I think part of this, so there's, there's a lot of layers to this and I will not pretend to tell you that I have it completely figured out by any means, but, um, uh, there's the layer of just, yeah, if you're uncomfortable with something, it's, and you don't feel like your experience with something, it's going to be difficult. So there's the whole uh, exposure psychology thing, right? Where you just keep, you know, slowly exposing yourself a little bit more to a difficult situation and, you know, until you become somewhat more comfortable with it, you know, um, and of course, supporting that with trying to build up those skills, right? So, which is what you're doing. Um, so, I think what you're doing is good because you're actually putting yourself in those situations. Um, but we all have big egos, you know, uh, you know, we, you know, I mean, that depends on who you are, I guess, but I mean, everybody has an ego that, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, me, you know, me included for sure that I don't want to look like I don't have everything together in front of people, especially if I'm claiming I'm a musician, right? I want right. to, I want to be awesome, right? You know, I think all of us really struggle with this. I'll tell you like something that I've been working on with this. Um, and I was really practicing this last night at, at my gig is I was, I was, uh, I was headed to the gig and I was thinking to myself, you know, my only goal tonight, uh, it, it's going to be just to, like have some moments where I'm like just completely happy, Like I'm yeah. not judging anything. And if I can just get to some moments there, it doesn't have to be the whole time, but I have to be enjoying myself. I have to have some moments that are really good. I, I can't go into it thinking, well, if I don't take the best solo I've ever taken, or if I don't, you know, what it fill in the blank, well, that's, you know, that's just not the right mindset. So that might be something too, that maybe you could try that, that I'm really working on personally is just trying to go into these situations, 
trying to understand why why I'm doing it in the first place. You know, it's it's to have a good time. It's not to uh, it's not to prove anything to anybody. It's not to. I mean, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. You know, I mean, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting because um, yeah. I was just going to say the the thing that I'm dealing with and maybe others who are in a similar situation where let's say you've played for a while and then you, and you haven't and you took a break and now you're coming back into it. You know, in this area, there's only uh, so many musicians that are playing regularly. And so the last time, so I, I took a break of about 10 years of not playing live publicly. Well, the first gig that I had, uh, I was playing with people who I had played with in college and so going into it, I was just like, oh, man, I haven't seen them for years. You know, I don't know what the expectation is. but And, and the funny thing is, is, I don't even remember what they thought of my playing then. <laughs> and so, But for whatever reason, you're just so nervous. You're just like, you know, I'm seeing people that I respect and I you know, want their uh, approval. And yet it's, it, the reality is that everybody's kind of in their own world. Everybody's kind of focused on their own, I wish I was playing better. And so that's kind of what yeah. I've been dealing with is just this, it's more than just stage fright. It's not so much stage fright, which I can, I've had and dealt with. It's the, oh, well, this guy I, knows who I am and, and knows how I used to play. And if, if I'm playing for the first time in 10 years in front of him and I'm just messing up, it, it's, it's a little more stressful. It's just, and of course I probably shouldn't think that way, but, but that's kind of where I'm at as, is that, it's the fear of somebody else is going to judge me who, who knew me before because yeah. maybe I haven't, maybe I haven't kept my chops up as, as good or, or what. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I mean, it, easier said than done to, you know, try to go in and be like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. You know, I mean, and it's, it is a weird phenomenon that of course it exists in probably everything in life, but it really exists in music is that we're all very worried about what, each yeah. other thinks about each other it's a very weird thing um yeah it's uh, you know the the best the best advice i could give you is maybe just some of those things that that i'm saying i'm working on is just you know come into it and um you know just try to establish what your real goal is it's not to impress anybody yeah. i mean those are those are destructive thoughts anyways right to just you know, you're, you're going in and you're, the immediate thought is, well, I have to impress so-and-so because, you know, yeah. I, he, you know, he thinks that, or I don't know, you know, or he's really good or, or something like that. That's, that's a self-defeating thought anyways. Um, again, easier said than done, but yeah. I, I think, I think all of this stuff, and I'm sure a therapist or a psychologist would probably agree. It's really about programming your mind to think differently. It's not like, there's not like a special magic wand that can be waved or, yeah. or, yeah. or anything. Um, but you know, sometimes I hear from people that, you know, music hasn't been a very big deal in their life. It really has been purely a hobby, and, and that's not the case with you. Um, it's, it's been something that's like used for, um, uh, you know, therapy almost. Uh, I actually sure. had someone yeah. else on the podcast that uh, that said that, and it shocks me because that's just not my experience with music. But when I hear people like that, it's very inspiring to me because they don't really have so much of their ego wrapped around this whole thing called music and how well they can do it or how well they cannot do it. They're just more interested in getting better at it for their own self. Um, yeah. So if we can just if we can just get a little bit of that 
that might yeah. be helpful, right? So, well, and it's just getting out of our own heads, you know, getting out of our own way. Uh, yeah. And because and the reality is, is after these experiences, when I was coming back to playing, you know, I got through it. It was fun. It was a good experience. And it wasn't terrible. It wasn't, you know, I have played better for sure. But, you know, the things are, they're still my friends. You know, they still talk to me. It's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, yeah. And so... I, no I one just have died. to remind no one, myself. You know, yeah. There's no earthquakes. Well, at least you didn't cause it, right? So yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the that's the good news. Well, you're not alone, that's for sure. Uh we uh we're all in that together, you know, I think. I think everybody uh everybody can probably relate one way or another. Well, um Brent, I want to thank you so much for being on the the show and I hope that some of this helped and uh, that this call was was helpful with some things even if it was just talking it out um, I, yeah. I hope it was helpful and uh, again I want to thank you for being such a great supporter of of learn jazz standards and and uh, you know I'm, I'm glad that to hear that all this has been helpful for you and uh, you know maybe we'll be checking in with you later on down the line just to see how you're doing sure no I appreciate it yeah this has been a really good experience I have enjoyed your content for a long time. And I think, you know, it's, you need motivation. And so your courses have been very motivational and especially with your podcast and your YouTube videos. So thank you for doing that. It's, I know you don't get uh, all the appreciation from your readers or people who are listening. They, I don't know how often people are emailing you, but um, I've certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot of people emailing me. Uh, that's that's a that's a daily struggle. But <laughs> you know, but thank you so much. This was not a paid endorsement, by the way. Just everybody nope. listening, I'm not paying him to say this. <laughs> no, nope. but yeah, thanks so much. That's that's uh, really kind of you to say. Appreciate it. All right, Brent, thank you so much. Appreciate having you. Yeah, thanks. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, a big thanks to Brent Arnold for uh, just being available, for uh, allowing this to be shared with you. I know that you learned something today, and I know that I learned something today too, so that's a plus for me. Um, hey, if you want to join Brent Arnold and many others who are in my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course, you can, of course, do that by going to 30stepstobetterjazzplaying.com. That's three zero steps to better jazz playing dot com. I'd love to have you in there. So please feel free to visit that. You have to take a free mini course before you can get invited into that course, but it is worth your while and uh, you'll learn something there too. All right. Hey, make sure that you leave a kind rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, helps other people know this is a show worth listening to. Now, lots of great stuff coming at you for the rest of 2018. Stay with me. Stay subscribed. I'm really excited for all of this coming up, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.